This is the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Hockey is more than a game. It's a lifestyle. It's you, the diehard supportive fans, your favorite players who are on the team you cheer for and the organization who supports them. The companies that make your gear, bags, and beer league sweaters, the hockey moms and hockey dads, and everything else that makes this House of Hockey your home. Come on in. I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. And And this this is is our our house. house. Welcome back to the House of Hockey podcast. I'm Breezy. And I'm your girl, Ray Ray. And it looks like we are closer to hockey coming back. We should be in in phase three by the time this episode comes out. Uh, Are you excited? Oh, yeah. I'm super excited (laughs) for hockey. I mean, it's exciting to see the full teams, you know, getting on the ice and, and practicing. However, you know, this is going to increase the likelihood of the virus, you know, more people, more things up in the air. I wouldn't be surprised if we start hearing of an increase in players um, testing positive for COVID-19. What do you think? Right. I mean, that's just inevitable based on all the other pro sports that have started, you know, between everything, yeah. when everybody, when the whole teams are coming together, they're all, you know, depending on where they're at location wise. And if they're in a city where, you know, the numbers are high and, if, you know, they've been exposed that, I mean, that's something I'm a little concerned about, but overall yeah. I am pretty excited. What about you? Yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, I do think that we are going to see uh, a few more cases kind of pull up, but hopefully, hopefully it's uh, better than what it could potentially be. Um, I did hear that if some star players decide that they don't want to play, that that could potentially, I mean, I don't know, throw a loop in things, right? Oh yeah, for sure. But I don't know. I mean, you wouldn't want to play without Kaner, right? No, <laughs> no. Are you kidding me? No way. I, I wouldn't. Th- I don't think he'd pull out, but you know what I mean. But uh, if he gets sick and he can't play, I mean that's right. That's well, this is saying if they're not like if they're not sick, they just don't want to play in right. like precaution of not or getting sick. They could pull out. So no one's pulled out yet from from what I've read, but um, that's a little scary. I mean, like I think I said last week, my concern really is for the longevity of the players because we just don't know the long-term effects that this could have on certain people with the with COVID-19. And mm-hmm. at the expense of players getting really sick and, and you know potentially putting a real dent in their career as hockey players, like is it worth it? Probably not, but we have to make decisions just based on the information. We, like I'm Gary fucking Bettman or something. The NHL has to make decisions <laughs> on, you know, the play based on the information we have right now. And we don't have information on the long-term effects. And so, right. you know, every player, I respect every player's decision, whatever that is, if they decide not to. I mean, I would want to play without Kaner, but like if big names start dropping off, not we're not saying that Kane is this is just a hypothetical everybody don't report (laughs) this is not fact this is just hypothetical but you know if star players started 
dropping off, I think there would be a lot of criticism as far as whoever did win the Stanley Cup this season. Mm -hmm. If there was a winner and we even made it that far, people would be like, ah, it doesn't really count because such and such person wasn't playing. And so, I mean, this whole season is really just a shit show. I mean, do you think that that would be the case regardless? Like whoever ends, if if somebody is able to win a cup this year, are people going to say, all right, well, they won a cup in 2020. Like that's not even, you can't even count that. I think it would, there will be a little bit of that criticism, but I think it would be significantly worse if all the star players started dropping off. And then it would be like that, what was that and that movie with Keanu Reeves in the NFL the 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 irreplace not the irre- the replacements or something like that where like the league went on strike and they just like brought in a bunch of these like random people off the street to play football for a season or something like that <laughs> like that's essentially what would happen you know I mean right. people would be like whatever we'll take fine okay, such and such team won, but it doesn't really count. I mean, we'll take the win. Everybody's going to take the win, but it's going to come with an asterisk. That's true. And But, like, given the state of the affairs of the world, does anybody really give a fuck? Like, do you care? I mean, at this point, it's just, like, give us something fun and happy to to watch and to cheer for and and to, like, rally around community. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I agree. I I can only watch Outer Banks so many more times. It's the only entertaining thing I have to watch right now. (laughs) Um, That show on Netflix is so good. Wait till you have gotten to the last episode. Bro, I've finished that season three times already. (laughs) You've watched it three times? Yes, it's like Dexter to me. I've watched Dexter, which has a ton of seasons. I've watched it at least 15 times. All right. Well, I really dug out of race. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's really good. good. Oh, wait. We didn't even tell everybody who's on our episode this week. And we have a fucking awesome guest. Tell everybody, Breezy. Yeah. So we are joined by, her name's Stormy. And she is the ringside reporter for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, She is Vegas born and she was never really a hockey fan and then you know vegas kind of came or i guess the knights hold on wait i have a package being delivered i need to yell at the ups guy okay that's the correct address 115 yeah yeah thank you sweetie bye sorry oh you keep that in there there's no numbers there's no numbers on our gate here in Maine yeah. and the guy looked lost I could see I'm sorry Breezy. you're gonna keep that you're gonna keep that okay I'll keep that in <laughs> thank so you, sweetie thank you sweetie hey they're risking their lives delivering packages to everybody they right? are they uh, are stormy bon and Tony. yeah yeah I refuse to say her last name because I'm gonna screw it up uh but she was so much fun to talk to I feel like we instantly just became friends. Yes. Like I said, she's Vegas born, was never really a hockey fan. Uh, the Knights came in and obviously turned that around for not only her, but a lot of other Vegas residents. And we talk all about what Vegas has done for the community, especially after the tragedy. And uh, it's a really, really cool interview. And I'm stoked for it. What about I you? am too. It was so much fun. We, yeah, we definitely clicked like BFF style with her right away. And we're just yeah. like jiving 
we're gonna I'm gonna make that word happen again. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, it was fun to hear her. She shared a couple of fun stories uh, of her time with the players because she interviews all the players. And we talked about the dynamics of that Vegas Golden Knights team, which is as we described a complete cast of fucking characters. Um, and they really are. And she shared some really good stories of uh, the players and her interacting in a, in a professional capacity. And yeah, it was really interesting to hear her journey of like getting into sports. She even shared some really great advice for any women, especially, but anybody looking to get into the field of sports uh, reporting and sports hosting. And um, I loved her advice. And I think you and I live by her advice as well, but that's coming up. And it was awesome. It was so much it was, fun. It was so much fun. I feel like I just want to bring her on every single episode and just talk. <laughs> yeah. And I can't wait until we are allowed to go to hockey games again because you and I are getting in the car. We're driving to Vegas. We're going to go stay at Stormy's house and <laughs> we're going to go to a game with her and we're going to go out with her after to like, what would she was saying that there's a restaurant. You were saying there's a restaurant with players. Yeah. Uh, the, the, Wolfgang the, Puck. Play, the players locker, something like that. So, you know, I really got to do some more research before we do this. So. <laughs> it's okay. Whatever. It all, she explains it all in the episode. You just have to listen to it. So she'll yeah. tell you the names, but either way, uh, yeah. that happened. So and stay I like tuned how you're that. just going to crash her out. We're going to go stay at Stormy's house. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> sure. She would totally sure. let us stay there. Right. Stormy. <laughs> well, yeah. she said like, please let us know when we're in town and like, we've definitely got to go to a game and go get dinner with her and, and, you know, hear some off the record stories because really that's what we want. <laughs> yeah. We want the tea. We want the juice. Yeah. Off the record and her friendship, of course, but like, you know, yes. it's always fun to hear the, hear the tea. Yep. Um, what other tea do we want to talk about with the, with the season? this the current 2019-2020 season return to play um, what are the dates you what are some of the dates that we're expecting yeah. this so we're in phase yeah. three and according to the google google i googled so hopefully this is correct uh and by the way if you want to read what i'm going to be reading just google when does nhl playoffs begin uh so july 31st is the beginning of the qualification round and then August 9th would be the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And then October 2nd is the last possible day for the Stanley Cup final. And then the draft will start October 6th. What? Draft. That's a lot of stuff. The draft. I forgot about yeah. the draft. How could you forget about the draft? I mean... Your team doesn't have a top draft pick. Huh? No, Sorry. we don't. Not yet, at least. <laughs> Boom! Boom, come at me, bro. Wait till you see what happens. We might get that first spot That's depending true. on the qualifying rounds That's go. True. That you so. definitely aren't getting that first spot. So middle fingers up to the Kings and the Leafs and the Preds. The Leafs and the Preds could easily get something. The Leafs and the Preds could, but not your Kings. Yeah. That's fine. We got number two. Fine. 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 Whatever. Fine. Agree to disagree. <laughs> oh, I will. 
agree to disagree. I'm about to put you on the spot. Uh-oh. Because your fun fact a wee long time ago, not a, a wee long time ago, what is wrong with me? A very long time ago was that you've never mowed a lawn and that changed. You mowed a lawn with a weed whacker. It still counts. So now I need a new fun fact from you. I did. I did mow a lawn. It was very stressful with a weed whacker because that's all we use here. It's a small lawn, but uh, my arms were like jello and I didn't lose any of my toes. So that was good. Did you wear glasses? Uh, Yeah, my sunglasses. Yeah, that was all I had. No real protective eyewear, but it's fine. I did fine. It was fine. It was fine. Not high on my list of favorite activities to do. No. No. I would have thought it would be. It's fun. No, my arms. It would be different if it was one of those. I mean, I would imagine because I've never mowed along with a push mower or a ride along one, but I would imagine those would be way more fun. Yeah. A weed whacker. With a ride along, but that is a goal. Yeah. You've mowed along with a pusher? Oh, push yeah, mower? That was, my, that was my chore. Oh my God. Yeah. My we brother got to dust the house. I had to mow the grass. Tell me that how that doesn't, works. No, that doesn't seem quite fair, Breezy. You got That's screwed fine. on that deal. All right. I, have a, I do have another fun fact. Okay. I cannot do a cartwheel. I think, have we talked about that before? I don't know. I think we have. On the podcast or in our life together I as friends? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Can you do a cartwheel? Absolutely not. Uh-uh. uh-uh. I never I could. Well, I never took gymnastics. I probably, I probably couldn't even if I took gymnastics, but no. Yeah, so that's my new fun fact. I'm sure I have more, uh, but we'll go with that. And also my other fun fact that I've talked about is that I've never flashed my, my bosoms for Mardi Gras beads when I lived in New Orleans and went to Mardi Gras. So that's See, another that's, fun fact. That's a good fun fact. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> Would you ever flash? Absolutely not. Exactly. That's my favorite exactly. word. Absolutely. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's my fun fact. This is the part of the podcast where we let you, yes, you hockey fans, take the mic and tell your story of interacting with an NHL player, past or present. Hi, this is Peter, uh, currently living in LA, and I'm a huge uh, Chicago Blackhawks fan, and that's um, the team that uh, my story is about. So I was actually really lucky to attend quite a few Blackhawks conventions um, roughly um, 10 to 12 years ago, and um, I got to meet uh, a lot of the big names on the Hawks, whether it be um, Jonathan Taves, Dustin Bufflin, Brent Seabrook, Duncan Keith, Patrick Sharp. Um, so um, I got to meet them and um, either take pictures with them or get autographs, and um, it was just really great experience with um, with all of them, um, I've really no, nothing bad to say about them. It was really cool just kind of talking shop and, um, you know, just telling them good luck for the season. Um, so it was a really fun experience um, just to be able to interact with the players in such an intimate setting. 
Thanks for sharing your story on the House of Hockey podcast. We'd love to hear your story if you have one of interacting with an NHL player past or present. Just call our phone number 323-438-2648. Tell us your name. Tell us the NHL player's name and the team they play for. And then tell your story in five minutes or less. And you just might hear it on an upcoming episode of the podcast. That's it. But you know... Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go go to Stormy. Let's go, Stormy. Let's go. We are bringing a little Las Vegas flair to the House of Hockey podcast. Welcome, Stormy Bonantoni, the ringside reporter and host on AT&T Sportsnet, where she covers the Vegas Golden Knights and hosts the show Nightlife. Welcome, Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And I've got to say, like, the pronunciation of my last name is not easy, so good on you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge after I asked you five <laughs> times, how do you say it? Because I've got just this crazy of a last name uh, that people love to mess up. But hey, it's a, it's a gift, right? It's a unique yeah, last name. It's, it's so much easier to say than it is to read, is kind of like the way I always look at it. Oh, yeah. And uh, you are just like the hockey team. You're Vegas born. So let's dive into that. What was it like growing up in Vegas with no professional sports teams? Yeah, it's, um, it was definitely a different, it's definitely a different animal now than it was when I grew up here because, um, you know, I loved the UNLV Rebels. I would go to UNLV games and I would go to the minor league baseball games and stuff. But we never had something that was really our own, I feel like. And it was, people would try different things here. Like hockey had been tried here at a different level here a couple of times and just never really latched on. People are really into the gambling scene, obviously, and sports (laughs) betting is so big that no one really thought something like that would work here. Um, But it's just been really, really incredible. And like you said, Vegas born, like the first time I saw that that was going to be a slogan or a motto for the team, I was all in. Like I bought a shirt that day. It's like basically tattered now because it's just been worn like crazy. But um, nice working for the team now that they just like give me some Vegas board stuff. <laughs> I don't have to rely on that one anymore. Um, but I just felt like an instant connection to the team. And it's such like, I, I said when I first got hired, like, I want to call it a dream come true, but this wasn't even possible. Like, you couldn't even call it a dream because I never expected in a million years I would be able to work in my hometown. So it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So what's your history with hockey? So you're, you're a sports fan, right? And what, I mean, how was hockey before the Knights were there? Were you a fan of any team or... Yeah, so I didn't, I didn't have like a favorite team back. I mean, Vegas fans will probably hate me, but like I liked uh, watching the Sharks occasionally because I loved like their power play music, the Donna, 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 like that got me really into, that got me really into their games for whatever reason. Um, I was always just much more of like a casual hockey fan. I love, love, love watching NHL playoffs. And I mean, how could you not just as a human being? Oh, yeah. But I didn't have like my own team by any means. And then when Vegas got a team, then I kind of became a nutcase like everybody else in this city has been. And it was awesome to like have something and like want to get into another sport because I feel like from a work standpoint, I had covered so many different things like baseball, football, 
basketball, track and field, cross country, swimming and diving, tennis. Like I'd done so many different things and, you know, not one of the major professional sports. And so it was just, it just made so much sense for me to like actually get really invested in it. And but I had not had any hockey experience, like I said. So getting this job, I was a little bit anxious about how I would come across to viewers who are such dedicated, intense hockey fans. Like, you can't fake hockey. <laughs> you really can't. Right. Yeah. So I just had to, like, put my head down and learn every little thing that I could. But I've been really fortunate here to be just, like, surrounded by such incredible people that any questions I have, they don't make me feel dumb. They answer <laughs> it and help me along. And it's been a really, really good experience. That's awesome. So tell us then a little bit, I know I, I did some research, AKA Instagram stalking, which is what the world <laughs> is now today, but your dad uh, played professional baseball. So you grew up in like a sports family. So were you a fan of like other sports outside of hockey? Obviously, clearly because yeah. you're a sports broadcaster and you've covered all the sports that you just named. Um, but tell us about like getting into this sports broadcasting world in your family. Totally. Um, yeah, I was a nut my whole life. Um, I was such a daddy's girl, you know what I mean? Like anything that my dad liked, I wanted to, you know, hang out with him and do whatever. And he did play professional baseball. He was on the 40 man roster for the St. Louis Cardinals. He was drafted by the Cubs when he was uh, younger out of Western high school here in Vegas, actually. And, um, my mom is a gymnastics coach here in the Valley as well. So like kind of sports in general, were always in our family. And oddly enough, even though my dad played baseball, like his favorite sport was football. And then I ended up playing basketball and doing gymnastics. And then I, yeah, we just, we just, we're always surrounded by it. Uh, and so that was kind of just my whole life, really just sitting on dad's lap, watching games every, every day that there were games on the television. <laughs> Um, and that kind of just formed my love for sports in general. And then when I got to college, I did not foresee in any way, shape or form that this would be my career. And I was doing all of my prerequisites for nursing to become a nurse. And I, you have to take like required electives. And I took a radio television elective and like really, really loved it. And my teacher said I was kind of good at it. And all of my sports stories were so much better than any of my news stories that I tried. And so I have like an email that I have saved from my teacher that was just like stormy. I don't know what your like goals are in life, but you need to do be doing sports. Um, and ever since then, it's kind of just taken off. And that's how things have ended up. I I'm so glad that it ended up working out. My dad, like, he's, he's so supportive of me, but I remember when I switched majors my junior year in college to pursue kind of like a crazy career path, he was like, you know, I love the idea of it. That would be awesome. But like, I can't, I can't support you till you're 30 either. <laughs> so yep. I'm really glad that it's worked out. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause he's seen it like in his experience, even, you know, for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, I like he just knows how competitive sports were on yeah. like his side of things and that it would be very similar on this side of the business as well. So he was, he was a little antsy, but it worked out. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell us then let's bring it back to, you know, being home now in Vegas and 
covering the firstborn professional team there and tell us about the in you know the whole process for you both as a fan and then now in this season you started with the team right in 2019 the 2019 2020 season with the Knights yeah tell us a little bit about like getting that call and you know you mentioned the you know being a dream but not a dream because it wasn't a team but uh take us through the experience of covering the Knights First off, I was the worst negotiator because I was just like, yes, I'll do it. <laughs> You're like, yes, sign me up. It's like my team, like my, my, my hometown, like, and it's an amazing franchise to begin with. They've done it. Yeah. Like it was just, it was all really wild because I'd seen an application, like there aren't a whole lot of online applications in this industry, as I'm sure you know. And I saw one for AT&T Sportsnet that at the time was for like Golden Knights, Rockies, and um, like something else. And it was for AT&T Sportsnet, Rocky Mountain. And I was like, I had lived in Colorado, so I was really familiar with the Rockies. I obviously am born and raised in Las Vegas. And like, I would love the opportunity to cover my hometown team. Like it just, it checked a lot of the boxes. And so I kind of like reached out to somebody that I had known through a previous job it was just like, hey, do you know anything about this? Is there like any way you could get my resume just seen? Because that would be awesome. Um, and then, he, so he did that. And then I didn't really hear anything back for months. And I was like, all right, well, you girl, you tried, you know, why not? <laughs> and then I got a call um, from that same person out of the blue. Like I was living in Charlotte, North Carolina. And it was at like 9 p.m. Eastern time. And I was like, I don't know why you'd be calling me now. Um, and he was just like, so are you still interested in this job? Cause it's, it's going to be exclusively golden nights. And in my head, I was like, even better. <laughs> um, yeah. and, uh, it would be, he's like, it'd be the ringside reporter role. We have kind of a short list of candidates that we're going through right now. And I was just wondering if you were still interested, like 100% went through that interview process. And it was kind of like, I still just wasn't hearing anything. And I was, <laughs> I just. I was like, all right, it's fine. Like, I'm not going to get this job. I'll move on. And so I kind of had my spring planned with college football um, and what I was going to be doing with the Carolina Panthers on Sundays. I was going to host their postgame show. I was like, I'm fine. Like, everything's going to be good. And then, like, it was, like, right the moment that I mentally shifted that I'm not going to get the job, that I got the call, that I got the job. Of course. And I was just like – let's do it. And I like dropped everything. And what was so crazy too was like, I I called my dad and I was like, I just, I don't know if they like me. I don't know if this is going to work out. And my dad's so funny because he's just like, he can tell if I, by the way that I explained how an interview went with me, he's mm -hmm. always been able to tell if I was going to get the job or not based on it. And he was like, I didn't want to get you too excited, but I knew it was going to happen. I was like, Come on. Right, buddy. But my family like obviously loves the team so much as well. Like you can't go for two minutes driving down the street without seeing a Golden Knights logo somewhere. And they I hadn't been home for like normal holidays in six years. Mm -hmm. So like that was just such a cool thing that like I could be around and um be able to share in my job which is like I, I do a very fun job you know and like this is the first time that I've ever been able to share that with any of them and it's actually in my hometown and it just 
it, it's just so surreal. I can't believe it's happened still. <laughs> like that I get to do this every day is pretty wild. Yeah. Well, how has, you know, the Knights hockey up brought Vegas in, in general? I mean, they had a, obviously a tragedy that happened uh, right when the season had started. And it seems like the whole entire city kind of wrapped everything around the Knights. So what have you been able to see and what have you know, the players and the organization have brought to, to the city of Vegas? Connection, completely. Like they have just connected and linked every single person in a really unique and special way. And yeah. I remember watching that, um, that first home game uh, after October 1. And I was in Charlotte when I watched it and I was watching it on like this little teeny tiny screen. And Derek England stepped out onto the ice and gave his incredible, heartfelt, memorable, memorable speech. And I just had chills up and down my body. I had a tear running down my face. I called my mom. I called my dad. Like, I was just like, this is, I knew if I felt that way from afar, how everybody in that arena must have felt, how everybody in the city must have felt, um, because obviously like the tragedy that happened here affected everyone in some way, shape or form. Like I had friends that I went to high school with that were at Mm -hmm. that concert. And um, my brother had left the preseason game that day and was like driving home, like past it. And, you know, things, things like that, that are just like, it somehow like linked everybody through the, this terrible, terrible event. And then all of a sudden your hockey team comes in here and in some just magical, inspirational way, found a way to make some sort of positive and give this city life again. And it was just such a, such a beautiful moment, such a beautiful day. And like you, we still have people that were like survivors of October one or that were first responders on that day that will come up to me. And I wasn't even here that just are like, I can't like thank this organization enough for what it's done for this city. And they've continued to do that in so many different ways around the community, even in COVID right now, just the way that they've kind of responded with meals to hospitals and and those frontline workers and, you know, doing whatever they can. It's, it's, they've, they've never taken a step back from that. Like they started and set the bar so high with this incredible Mm -hmm. thing that they did and they've never taken a step back. Yeah. And I think too, the Knights in general have a respect league wide and even with fans too. I mean, me, I mean, I live in LA, I'm a Kings fan and there's a huge rivalry between the Knights and the Kings. And there's a lot of talk that goes on like with Vegas fans, which we'll get to. But I think at the end of the day, like, I know I have so much respect for the team and the city, especially seeing what that organization and the players have done. Um, So I think Congrats on that. So, (laughs) I mean, I think that there's just so much respect regardless of, uh, you know, reputations or, or anything like that. So it's really cool to hear that. They knocked it out of the park. I was so excited to, I went to a game in the inaugural season because I live in LA and I was like, I have to go. This is like epic in our time as a hockey fan to be able to like go and experience this. And I mean, that in-game experience was just 
I mean, it's unparalleled. There's nothing else like it. It's, it's true Vegas style. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, of course, you know, I expected nothing less. I don't know why anybody would have had any doubts about the team being like a full <laughs> success in Vegas because like, obviously it's Vegas and everything, any kind of show or performance that goes on is, is Vegas. Like I see, and it surprised me a little bit. Um, I just didn't know what it was going to be. And maybe that was just, I had been gone for so long that mm-hmm. I, that's shame on me. <laughs> but like the first time that I saw like the opening in person, like, and you see it on TV and you're already like, oh my gosh, like, how are they executing this? This is crazy. <laughs> but like the first time I saw it in real life, I was just like, what? Yeah. They like, I, but everything they do is, is like that. It's just so creative. The people that work on whether it's our like marketing or game entertainment presentation like every department we have like has these brainstorms comes up with these super out of the box interesting things and then they nail the execution it's just it's it's crazy and it's amazing and I can't wait till we can see it again. Yeah. It. <laughs> right. And even out on the plaza, whatever, whatever that's called, the T-Mobile Arena Plaza, yeah. they have like activations and stuff for fans to hang out outside before the game and like shoot pucks. And like, obviously you can drink outside in Vegas with like open container laws and everything. But I mean, they just really did a great job. And I um, also got a chance to talk to some of the fans. I, I wanted to, I have a video series where I was interviewing fans all across uh, the country in the NHL. And I was like, obviously we have to talk to Vegas fans cause this is huge. And I was blown away at how devoted, how knowledgeable the fans were, how, literally every single person is decked out from their like underwear to their shoes to their makeup to their earrings <laughs> to their skin tattoos like yeah everything. i mean like it and like the team had just started and they were like all in and it was mind-blowing like the, the fans get like a, a bad rap from like the naysayers right in the hockey world they're like oh vegas fans are bandwagon they don't know anything and i'm like actually you're wrong they know more than you probably do about like they might have like a lot of the core fan base like might not have known a lot like going into that first season but I mean they learned they learned fast and like they made it their life outside of work (laughs) like it's um no it's it's really really cool I was actually talking to um one of my coworkers on the video production side the other day and since I wasn't here for year one, we were just kind of like talking through how different the team is now versus what it was then. And he said that he remembered going to like, it was the first couple weeks of the season and just going to beer house, which is right next to T-Mobile. Um, it's a little bar there and seeing, um, I think it was Riley Smith or somebody just like sitting at the bar top, like not being bothered by anybody. Like, Cause you, like nobody at that time, like knew who anybody really, really was yet. Like it was all very, very new. And he's just sitting there not being bothered. He went up to him and said, hi. Um, and then just like left him alone, went away. And like, my friend was like, and I just kept watching and like, no one approached him. Like he would never be able to do that three months later. No. Like, yeah. no. <laughs> without, without having people come up to him and like say, oh man, that game was great. But it was literally like after a game, just sitting there, minding his own business, like <laughs> crazy. 
crazy. That is so funny. Well, I think Vegas fans in general too have had a little bit of a taste of pro hockey before Vegas because, or before the Knights, sorry, because the Kings actually would play uh, preseason games at MGM and they did this thing called Frozen Fury. So I've attended it a couple of times and there were Vegas residents who were there and they're like, we don't even know what hockey is, but this is cool. So it's cool to see how the sport has grown so much from, from me visiting, you know, for, for a Kings game to now what it is. And I unfortunately have not been to a, a Knights game at home. I have been to the T-Mobile uh, arena when they played the Frozen Fury. It was like Kings versus the Stars, I think it was. So super excited You've for gotta that. you got to come. Yeah, I know. Does, I right? need to. I need Darn to. Darn COVID. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> yes. So funny, but I wanted to kind of, let's talk about the fans a little bit because like Ray said, they kind of have a bad rep because of they don't know hockey or they're bandwagoners or whatever, but can't really be a bandwagon if your, your hometown hasn't had a pro team, first exactly. of all. Yeah. So, and, and like you, you said you had a lot to learn about the sport just because you didn't grow up, you know, really with it. So how would you describe the fans kind of seeing the sport grow as much as it has and then being in the arena all the time. Yeah, and like I don't think it's fair to call Vegas fans bandwagoners by exactly. any means because like right. it's not it's not our hometown's fault that the team right. had the run that they did in year one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like, exactly. It's not. Like, it's it just was an amazing thing that happened. Like. Yeah. They got on if it was a bandwagon, they got on it from day one. So like that doesn't really make sense either. Well, um, plus the the community <laughs> came together and it, it, yeah. there was so much chemistry that was there. And like you said, with the in game experience as on, like there's so much energy that the players have to be feeding off that, obviously. So Oh, to- yeah. no, they totally do, and they talk about that all the time. Like they feed off of just the way that our fans are in general. Like, even if at the very beginning, maybe not everybody knew exactly what was going on the way that they should have, like the way that you might if you're at like a Blackhawks game or a Maple Leafs game. Um, But they were just so enthusiastic, you know? Like, regardless of the, the details that they might not have known at the time, like, they were passionate and they wanted this team to be a success and it has been. Um, But just, I can't say enough positive things about our fan base. Truly. They are passionate. They are devoted. They are, they know everything you can know about this team. They follow every single player. (laughs) They know what's going on sometimes before I do. And they ask me about it. And I'm like, how did you know that? Um, and so many of our fans even have become like personalities in themselves, like to our community. There's this, this guy, uh, like named Grumpy Cat is what he goes by, but he's become an activation in our in arena presentation because like at a game one day, he was like really funny and did this thing and he's a season ticket holder. He's at every game. And it became a thing. Like he does this like shoulder move. He like just looks at the camera all crazy and like does this shoulder thing. And then everybody in the crowd starts doing it. Like they put the camera on him and then everybody starts doing it. It's wild. It's so cool. Um, and there's like the VGK Wolverine who like dresses like a yeah. Wolverine and like <laughs> you guys have the most Warmies guy. Like they're just people that have become like famous to this community that are just like really funny, cool, crazy fans. And like they're more recognizable than me. <laughs> 
It's awesome. Gosh, it's so exciting to see that happen. And I mean, you guys have set the bar so freaking high for Seattle. I don't even, I mean, I, my, my expectation for the Seattle team and they're like, I'm like, bring it. I mean, I know who's it, who is it from Hollywood? That's a, um, part owner, um, the big producer in Hollywood, one of the big producers in Hollywood is one of the part owners of the team, I think, whose name is escaping me at the moment. But I'm like, okay, Hollywood, let's see you one of Vegas. Good luck. Good luck. Let's see. Let's see. You know? That, but that's so unfair. It's so unfair. And like, again, Vegas hadn't had a major professional sports team yeah. like that. We'd had, we'd had pro sports, but not like this. And Seattle's obviously had their fill. Um, and it's just like their next step, which is another, (laughs) I want them to be the Kraken so bad. So do I. (laughs) I know there's all these like rumors and like jokes and stuff like, oh man, if they're the Kraken, that would be so cool. That's the Um, best freaking name ever. Come on. It really is. It really is. I know. Um, but no, I think that, I think that what Vegas did in that first year for so many different reasons and the way that the team came together and had the success on the ice and the success city and all these different things was just kind of a perfect storm and it's not something that can be replicated it was historic and a once in a lifetime season for a reason and I don't think that Seattle should feel bad about that (laughs) (laughs) no no let's talk since you brought up the team let's talk about the team the, the current status I I mean let's talk about hypothetically if we do have playoffs like we're hoping that there will be uh how do you think the team's gonna do they've had some time to rest with some of the injured players that were you know a little hurt at the end of the season give us your expert opinion yeah it's um as far as like health goes for this team that pause ended up like could could have been one of the most fortunate things that had happened like they were on a very very good run when things had had come to a stoppage but like they were doing it without Mark Stone which is scary to think about starting the playoffs potentially without your best player on the ice and then obviously there were injuries other Max Pacioretty was week to week at that time as well who's one of our top point producers and then you had Alex Tuck, who was rehabilitating, and we all expected him to be back. And then he had a setback at practice, so he wasn't able to be there. Chandler Stevenson at that wild game was going to be a game-time decision, and so we'll never know what that decision would have been. But oh, wow. um, another person who had, like, been injected into the organization this year that was having an injury. And, I mean, at that point in the season, everybody's got the bucks and bruises, and they're playing through things. But to have – like key players in your lineup to be out like that at such a critical time, who knows what would have happened. And so to know that all of those guys and that everyone on this roster right now is going to be coming back. If there is a playoff, like we hope (laughs) um, that everybody will be healthy and will be good is wonderful for this team. Of course, knowing that other teams are going to have that same thing going for them. But what I like Ryan Reeves said uh, last week, he was like, yeah, like, I know it's going to be really, really competitive. It's going to be really tough because everybody's going to be back healthy. But I firmly believe that a Golden Knights team back healthy is much more dangerous. And just the fact that he even, like, said that was like, all right, they're feeling it. Like, <laughs> they're, they're feeling good. And the majority of the players during this pause did stay in Vegas. And 
have been in good communication with one another, have been here to start the phase two training. And yeah, I think that, I think that they'll have a pretty good shot at it. And it's really exciting to think about such a bummer just in life. Like this is my first uh, like NHL season, this would have been my first NHL playoffs, and Ugh. so it'll definitely be memorable. <laughs> but yeah. not, not the way you would expected. I, no, not what I had anticipated. But if they do get to playing, like I'm really, really excited to seeing what this team can do, what the lines will look like with everyone healthy. Uh, it'll be really, it'll be a lot of fun. And you've got the best goalies in the entire league. You took a letter from my Blackhawks. I was furious <laughs> with my Blackhawks um that they took my goalie i i love leonard but um yeah bro, at least i mean i'm like glad at least when he went to vegas but like but like that's another huge reason why i really hope that they're able to play mm -hmm. because like them as a tandem like having the option to see if you can go with a hot hand and who that will be like come playoff time is so critical and i like when that trade happened, I was like, this is, this is kind of crazy. No, like we for sure didn't expect it. Like as far as our broadcast team goes, we were like, what is going on? Um, but it was such a great addition. And I know so many fans are like, can we keep them both forever? <laughs> because that would be wonderful. I don't know how that's going to work. Um, cap space does exist. Um, but I know that everybody like, is so excited about the potential of this team in the playoffs simply because you have that option and you have that luxury to have two key pieces. We were even just doing like a, um, we're starting to do these previews once a week of the round robin opponents and then going down the Western conference. And like the first opponent that we just like looked at for the round robin was Dallas. And we were just like, goalie tandems, how <laughs> this will help you in the playoffs. That's funny. And you guys recently picked up Alec Martinez from Mike King. So obviously has, experience he, he scored the game winning goal against or uh, against the rangers when we won the cup in 2014 so i think you guys are going to go far um if that that is the case just based off of your roster space but vegas has yet to name a captain right so i don't think that they're necessarily missing a leadership role but no one's wearing the c so if you could who would you pick to be the captain Oh, I hate these questions. <laughs> um, well, it's interesting too, because uh, our new head coach, Pete DeBoer, is a fan of captains. He has had mm -hmm. them in the past, had success with them, does believe in them. And yeah. so while the team has had this kind of like everyone in the dress room is a captain, you know what I mean? Like it's a, yeah. it's an all-encompassing leadership group type of a mentality that they've had from year one. Uh, right. I wouldn't be surprised if in the next year that Pete DeBoer does decide to name a captain. And there are a few options, mm -hmm. honestly. Um, I think that Mark Stone is probably the front runner for that role, but there are a lot of other people that I think could fill that role as well. Because um, I don't necessarily think a captain has to be your vocal leader. I think that it's someone who has to lead in a variety of ways. He has to understand the media responsibilities that come with mm -hmm. being a voice of a team, uh, being that on ice leader that you don't necessarily have to be the guy talking all the time to lead. There are some right. guys that are the best leaders because when they speak, 
you listen because they don't talk a whole lot. And so I think a lot of different factors will play into that. But I definitely think like that if everybody was like putting hands on the table right now, that Mark Stone Mm -hmm. would probably be that pick. But you also have guys like Max Pacioretty, who was a former captain with the Montreal Canadiens. So like you have those people that know, know that role and know that responsibility as well. Yeah. See, I was going to say, uh, I always butcher his name, but Marshall Salt. I think yeah. that he's been. Marshall. Marshall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Told you. I've always butchered it. But I feel like he has brought so much to the table to the team in general. Mm-hmm. I feel like the whole team has so much respect for him. So if I had to put money on it, I'd say him. Well, yeah. He's yeah. totally <laughs> one of those guys, too, that like can just he's an inject energy into a game type of a guy. He burdens everything on him already. He'll be the first guy in the dress room and tell you, we didn't do this, this, and this, right. We got to get it fixed and we're going to go talk about it and figure it out. So I can totally see that as being one of those names as well. Yeah. He's a little firecracker. That's what I like to call (laughs) him. I would agree. (laughs) Yeah. He's a character. You've got literally that team is a cast of characters. From Revo to Flurry with his pranks. I mean, that locker room's just got to be like hysterical and a good time. Like, w- give us some insight. Give us like a little taste of like what that's like when you're doing interviews with these guys. Like, do you have a story you can share with us? Or like, you know, give so us many. something that describes <laughs> the this cast of characters. They're all, I mean... Nate Schmidt is another one. Right. Nick Holden is like sneaky hilarious. Alex Tuck will give you a good joke once in a while. Like all those guys you mentioned and those like there's it's a never ending list, as you said, of just like guys being silly. Even Alec Martinez, who you love, uh, Breezy, was he was partnered with Shea Theodore after the first couple games. And mm-hmm. like they had really, really good chemistry, all of this stuff. And then he's talking to media and everybody's asking him about like the connection with Shay. Like how you, what what do you guys do that's so complimentary? Like all these questions. And he's yeah. just like, Yeah, he's, how many times do I have to tell you guys like, yeah, he's the best, he's a superstar. <laughs> like, <laughs> like just being goofy. So yeah, Alex Alex, another great storyteller. Um yeah. but I don't know, funny specific I'm trying to think of funny specific things. We did a little video um, on Valentine's Day of like your favorite rom-coms or like, uh-huh. chick flicks uh-huh. and stuff. And Jonathan Marshall was like, everybody else was like, no, I don't watch those. Like totally being <laughs> manly man. And Jonathan was like, just listing them off. He was like, oh, I really love um, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. What's um, Maiden, uh, the Jennifer Lopez movie, Made in Manhattan, love that. Was just just reeling him out. Like, a lot of movies I hadn't even thought about in years were great. The Notebook. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of, like, led me into asking all the guys, okay, so, like, how many times have you been forced to watch The Notebook? And he was like, oh, I wasn't forced. I cried. Anybody would cry watching that movie. It was, like, <laughs> just the like pure television gold yeah what was happening at the time um he's hilarious oh but Nick Holden was somebody who was like sneaky funny that I didn't really expect to be funny because in like a lot of our interviews it's you know pretty like all right this is what we're gonna do says quo and on our the the team's dad's trip was like one of the 
funnest, weirdest <laughs> reporter experiences I've ever had because like they went to wineries and they were doing all these different things and we were covering it. But then we also like got to kind of like have fun too and be normal people around them. And like Nick Holden and his dad were just so funny. Like they were playing music constantly, singing every word to every song. I don't even know how they know all this stuff. And then he shoot checked me at like the team dinner. <laughs> like every, like other players were getting shoe checked. And it was like a fun thing. You know, like they, they clank the, they have to do a speech. You clank the little glass and you give, do you guys know what this is? No, Sorry, is this I was no. going to say, what does okay. shoe check to me? And I'm thinking like, shoe you have to show your shoes or something. Yeah. So I didn't know what this was, but apparently it is a tradition in NHL. Like it's a tradition in hockey that like when you have these mass gatherings with the team, um, you go around and like you sneakily put something on somebody's shoe. Like gross. I got horseradish on my boots. It was not ideal. Oh. Um, <laughs> But you just put like something on it, like whether it's, I don't know, sauce or whatever, um, just something gross on somebody's shoe so that their shoes are ruined. And then that person has to get up in front of the room of everybody and give a little speech. Oh God. And so they were doing it to different players and everything like that. And I was like, I'm new here. Like, of course this isn't going to happen to me. Ha ha ha. Laugh at everybody else. Yeah. And then I'm sitting at a table with hall of famer peter stasny paul stasny's dad and oh. all of a sudden i just like look over and see nick Hol holden doing like somersaults to get back to his table and i was like that's so weird like does, hmm. i wonder who who he shoot checked over here and then <laughs> i looked down at my face so terrible and then I didn't realize, but I, I still like just didn't think it was him. I thought he was being like nonchalant. Usually the person that messes with me, as you referenced, is Mark Andre Fleury. Mm -hmm. And so I was up to I went up to Mark and I was like, Did you did you do that? Did you force me into this situation? Because my my speech was basically like, I'm not good at this. Bye. <laughs> I think it was not good. And then he's like, It was not me, but even if it was me, I would not say it was me. <laughs> and then Nick walked over y'all are the worst like it was just oh yeah. yeah that's probably one of like my my favorite stories it was just it was such a fun like the dad's trip was just so fun getting to see all the guys like loosen up around their dads and have a good time and their dads were sharing funny stories about them and stuff it was oh gosh I was so embarrassed though like trying to make a good impression on Peter Stasny <laughs> my god that's a lot of pressure I would be nervous as hell too if they're like shoe checking you and you're like oh my god I have just like when you're not expecting it you're totally out of your life. I just never expected it to happen to me because I was like new but then I was like you know what I think they accept me now this is good <laughs> that's good <laughs> team bonding you're part yeah, of the team if now feel, if they feel comfortable enough to do that like mm -hmm. it worked <laughs> we're good for sure there you go for sure <laughs> That's my life's a joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it should be oh, fun. My God, yeah. like what a blessing to have a job where you're getting pranked essentially by hockey players and like <laughs> you're just having the best time and, and that they're so easy to talk to and they understand and they, they, they mess with you when they can. And like, it makes, it makes everything fun for everybody. You know, they know their roles, you know, your role and you know, you get to have. Yeah. And like, that's the thing, like totally in our, in our day-to-day -day job, we are so, 
um, like we have fun and we goof around, but like we're very separate at the yeah. end of the day. And like, I think that's super important in this industry is to, you know, have those personal and professional boundaries and be serious in your work, enjoy your work, have fun with your work, but like know that there is that separation. And so like just kind of a random moment like that, where you realize <laughs> at the end of the day, we are still people. Um, and while we are segmented, we we're still human beings and we can joke around and it's okay. And it was in like a good team setting where like yeah. everyone was there, coaches were there, players were there. And it was, it was a work fun event and it was, it was cool. It was unique for sure. Cause where yeah. was the trip where they were in what San Jose and wine country? Or yeah. Where were they? So they went down to, um, the team owner, Bill Foley has, um, properties in Sonoma. So they kind of did like a cool little trip down there one day they ended up going to the 49ers um game as well when they were down there so it was like the dads lived it up they had it was a, yeah. they had a good trip it was really cool <laughs> again vegas putting the bar at the freaking top with like dad's <laughs> trips i'm like i'm sure the rookie parties are insane like i mean i can't even imagine they, they know how to do things. That's for sure. Yeah, they do. That's for sure. <laughs> Tell us about um, the show Nightlife uh, that you host. Because uh, is that on only in Vegas? It's on AT&T Sportsnet. So it's on, like, it's throughout our region. Okay. Um, throughout the, so it's not just here in Vegas. But it's, I love the show. Uh, it's so much fun. Because it really is that kind of like behind the scenes things that like the players like to do or like getting the players to do different activities. Um, it's a much more like personal approach. Yeah, we throw in some highlights. Yeah, we talk about like the big important like pressing stories, but most of it is pretty fun loving. It's a magazine show. So it's, um, it's really, really cool because we get to kind of test boundaries and stuff a little bit more with it with our ideas. Um, it's been one of my favorite parts of the job it's really cool yeah so what would be the perfect day in your opinion for a an opposing team you're going to go see your your favorite team play in vegas but i mean where where do you stay where's the best place to stay where's the best place to go get a meal pre-game walk us through that being a obviously vegas native i'm sure you got yeah some, so uh, cool I, tips. I love a lot of places on the road because I like typically when I was doing college football and stuff like that I was going to a lot of the same places when you cover like the SEC and ACC you're going to a lot of the same places and yeah. so to get to kind of have the world as your oyster and go to all these different places um, across the country and in North America was really cool and so um, Nashville obviously is awesome I had never been there before but Nashville is like a really cool spot to go to a game their little like country music downtown is so fun <laughs> going to Tootsie's and all those little places Tootsie's. and one of my coworkers, yeah <laughs> like the cutest little purple building in the game yeah right um, and one of my coworkers, uh Shane Knighty former Boston Bruins player he like knows a singer out there and so we went to this one bar and like our other coworker, Dave Gosher, plays the guitar and loves to sing. And so he got on stage with this like professional country singer at this bar and was like, it was so cool. So Nashville is one of my favorites just because like, it's just a cool town, cool life to be in. And like my coworkers yeah. are so funny and just yeah. have like no fear, no shame, go do it. <laughs> They're right. really fun. 
Montreal is another place I loved. And a big reason for that is because of the hotel. <laughs> um, yeah, which is weird because it was freezing when we went there. Like it was really, really cold. Um, but it's like really cool because it actually does feel like you're in another country. Like a lot of places in Canada still feel like it's just like extended America in a lot of ways. And this place you feel like you've got the environment, everybody's speaking French, it's really cool. But they have like cobblestone, right? Yeah, like it's tops. Montreal is very cool. (laughs) Highly recommend go visit there. But their hotel is and it has like when you because it's cold and so when you go in the bathroom it's got like the heated floors and like the towel rack is heated like everything is heated and I really really loved that because you know like it's cold there and I'm from Vegas I need hot I need hot 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 yeah so that's another (laughs) one (laughs) but yeah there's I mean there's a ton like I could probably I know that's just two but I could probably talk all day about life on the road just because it's such an interesting like unique part of this job tell us what story in Vegas like what would you recommend for teams like for fans who come to Vegas like where should they eat what should they do pre-game for like to attend a night's game okay so many options uh (laughs) if you want like Uh, like a good steak dinner STK in the cosmopolitan is just like so good Mm -hmm. and they have this corn stuff I don't know what it is exactly it's like it's it's called cream corn but it's not it tastes like cornbread and it's really unique and like one of the best side dishes I've ever had anywhere so STK is for sure really good and they have like crazy desserts too if you're a sweet tooth type of a person Ooh. also one of the players favorite restaurants if anybody's interested yeah. in that um is Andiamo in the D hotel and that is it's an Italian restaurant and so we Italians you know we yeah Andiamo, let's um, go let's go <laughs> but it really like feels like you're kind of in Italy a little bit you're transported and like the waiters speak in Italian in and out a little bit and they give you the flavor it's got the music and it's all really authentic so that's a really good one um as far as like pre-game activities like I mentioned that bar beer house earlier uh to right next to T-Mobile that's a really good spot um and like that I feel like they're really cool because they always do like welcome signs to the opposing team too. It's, it's go nights go. Don't get me wrong, but like they welcome the other fans too. And so it's kind of yeah. a cool little environment, but anything on Toshiba Plaza, like, yeah. like we were talking about earlier, just go out there, get there a couple hours early. <laughs> Fortunately, like the time of year when hockey is being played, it's not like scalding hot out there. <laughs> so right. like go enjoy the experience, get your face painted, do whatever. <laughs> But like enjoy Vegas for what it is. It's it's right. you can have a drink out there and you can like enjoy the sightseeing. Like I think that people watching in Vegas is better than anywhere else in the world. Mm-hmm. And like just soak it all in. So right. yeah, anything oh, yeah. around that Toshiba Plaza area before a game is gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. And the players also have a restaurant, right? That they teamed up yes. with who do who do they team up with again? Wolfgang Puck. Who- yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, so that so that's, actually, cool. that's actually right across the street from where I live too. And I love it. Um, it's called Players Locker. Yeah. And it's, 
it's kind of like like Alex Tuck was kind of like the main investor to get into it. And then mm-hmm. Derek England, William Carlson, Riley Smith, like a bunch of other players ended up joining in with him too. And when you walk into the restaurant, I mean, obviously they have like great food, great drinks and all that stuff already. But what's cool about it is when you walk in, they have like this locker <laughs> um, essentially that has like different players' names on it and then different folks in Vegas that have their bottle there and they're all like laid out in like a locker uh, style. And it's really cool just to see like who has a bottle at players locker. And it's, it's, it's pretty cool. And like of those players that are like the part investors, owners, whatever, they um, have like special items on the menu too, that were like their favorite and like that they ooh. taste tested or had input in what they are. And they're really good. <laughs> it's really I good. Go Riley. Yeah, Riley Smith has like I think they're like cheese curds. Um oh, and I okay. love cheese. I ate like a hundred of them. They're really, really good. Oh, and then Shea Theodore has like it's um it's like a chocolate chip cookie coconut caramel thing. Oh my oh. god. And like I gained 20 pounds just looking <laughs> at it, but it right. was freaking awesome. Like it was so good. It was so good. <laughs> so yeah, that's another oh, spot I would recommend. And Jeez. seven five brewing. Yes, of seven course. Revo. Revo, <laughs> yeah. baby. Yeah, his beer is actually really good. Um, I'm really into breweries in general because I my first job out of high school was in Colorado. And then and they're like they have a huge brewery scene there. And then I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, and it's really big there as well. And so when I got here, like I found Abel Baker and like a couple other spots, and then I tried Revo's beer and I was like good on you, buddy. Like it's, it was really good. So I'm not surprised that it's doing so well. Yeah. I want to go to the restaurant, obviously taste, uh, Revo's beer. Looks like a good time. So I think go to a game. We want to hang out with Stormy. Yeah. We want to do it all. <laughs> exactly. I'm here for you. Make it happen. I'll get you, I'll get yeah. you the six pack of trading day. Then we'll hang out after the game, go yes. to Wolf Game Puck. And, like, what a perfect name for hockey players to be in, like, as a part of your restaurant. Like, Puck. No yeah, brainer. Perfect. Makes perfect. sense. It all makes sense. <laughs> it's so yeah. good. So what advice do you have, Stormy, for uh, other women who want to get into the sports broadcasting world? Um, so many. Th- I actually do this thing on Twitter right now called Tuesday Tip Day, um, which is, like, I've, I was reached out to by like a lot of young reporters that are like nervous and anxious about trying to get into the business right now because of COVID and how scary that might be with jobs in the future. And so I've just been doing these little tips. And so I have like a lot of little, little <laughs> secrets, but I would say like the biggest thing I think um, for, for people that are like trying to move their way up in this business are to first and foremost, be nice. Like it's, I mean, obviously, like, work really, really hard, know your stuff, but, like, those things are, should be a given, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and then being nice to everyone that you meet, and, like, building connections and building relationships, because I remember in school, my teachers would always talk about, like, networking, and how important that is, and I didn't really get it. I was like, I don't go to any conferences. I don't know how to <laughs> how to meet people in the business. Like, I don't know anybody at any teams or networks or anything. And I just started like realizing slowly, but surely the more I started doing these like little one-off events that 
like production staff or producers or your cameraman, whoever it is that you're talking to, if you make a good impression on them, they'll want to work with you again. And they'll want to choose you over somebody that maybe they don't know before because you had that good impression, because you had that good experience, you're prepared, you're nice to everybody. Like, I think that like being easy to work with is like really undervalued. And so my best advice is just be nice to people, work really hard and keep in touch with those people too. Like, don't let it be a one and done interaction. If you felt like you had a good connection with somebody, like maintain it. So I set timers or like reminders in my calendar a lot of times that I'm like, okay, um, in like three months. So I'll get like a random notification, like 3 p.m. That's like, check in with Chris. <laughs> like, <laughs> just because I think it's important to like maintain those relationships and you never know where that could take you in the future if you're just, just, I mean, say hello, you know, yeah. say hi to some, some folks like that's helped me big time. Like seriously, like one time I just emailed someone like, I haven't talked to you in a while. Um, wanted to see how the family is. Did your son ever like do X, Y, and Z in football? Like he had planned just cause you remember that like little nugget about your previous interaction with them. He's like, Oh, good to hear from you. Like, oddly enough, I actually have something that might be up your alley. And like, I ended up doing work for this guy just because I checked in and said hello like don't have that expectation going in but like like do it because you're genuine because you want to but yeah. you, you never know what can come from a lot of those instances either right it's a good habit to have and I think just being a, a decent human being I mean it doesn't cost anything so I think yeah. just be nice be a decent human being and, and good things will come to you <laughs> yeah I always say it's like it's serious it's the easiest thing you can do and I feel like it should be pretty common sense, but I think a lot of people, especially reporters, like get in their head a lot and maybe they're not like trying to be mean or anything like that, but it happens when you're like, okay, I have to be prepared. I have to do X, Y, and Z. I can't talk right now. Just like try to mellow out a little bit, you know, just calm yourself. It'll be better yep. for everybody. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so each episode we do this little segment to uh, kind of wrap it up. Super easy. No pressure. I'm scared. You're, yeah, I'm scared. Don't be scared. So we, uh, we like to ask two questions. And the first one would be, who is your favorite hockey hunk? What? That's everyone's reaction. <laughs> like, who's the hunkiest hockey player? Oh, I can't do that. Can I like, can I sidestep this a little bit? Sure. Yeah. So yeah, go ahead. Okay. Not that he's hunky, but like, I am obsessed with tall people. I think they're fascinating. So I'm going to pick <laughs> okay. Zidane Ochara because <laughs> like, what is he like? Six, nine. Yeah. And then if we went back to back, his oh. butt would be like on my shoulders. Mm -hmm. Like, that's it's just, <laughs> it's just it's, like, yeah, that's what I'm going to pick. Cause I'm sidestepping it. <laughs> All right. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> and then who's your favorite hockey lady? Oh, I have a lot. <laughs> like girl crushes in the hockey world. <laughs> like, yeah. Whether no, like whether it's like people that I look up to yeah. or Could like, be like along those lines. Yeah. Well, for one, I wanna say Breezy, I love your girl Carlin for the Kings. Like she is such a beautiful person inside and out. She was one of the yeah. people that when I like first got this job, just reached out to say hi and was super nice and supportive. And then I actually met her for the first time in person. And she was just like, what do you need? What can I help you with? Do you have any questions? Like, here's my phone number. If you need anything, I'll be over here. 
like above and beyond. That's um, amazing. Yeah. Like, and you don't see that every day. And it was really cool to know that somebody who is so good at their job is a really kind hearted soul, wonderful person as well. And then I'm also obsessed, like every other hockey player in the world, um, with Jackie Redman and yeah. Lauren Gardner. Yeah. <laughs> Those They're, girls yeah. are the bomb. They're awesome. I love that like They're quarantine awesome. show they've put together for, like, I, I don't know if it airs on TV or what, but I just see it on social media. They're like just pure gold. Again, just like good hearted, nice people who are like really funny and really knowledgeable and cool people. Like they just... I like what they got going on. Yeah. Lauren Gardner actually was like somebody when I was going through the application process and interview process for the Golden Knights who I had like a mutual friend with and I reached out to her to Lauren just to like get some advice and she talked to me on the phone for like an hour just to like talk through some hockey stuff with me and where you can stand as a sideline reporter in hockey where you can be what you can do and um yeah. So she was, again, just a really nice person who like did something that she did not have to do for somebody that she did not know. It's amazing. Just like you coming on this podcast, somebody you don't know asking you to come talk about hockey on a podcast you don't know. So we appreciate <laughs> you so much and for your time, Stormy. Tell everybody where they can follow you and where they can watch you and all that good stuff. Yeah, you guys were awesome. Thanks so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. This was fun. Just kind of like loosening up and having some fun in quarantine life. Yeah. Um, but you can follow me on Twitter at Storm Bonantoni, uh, B-U-O-N-A-N-T-O-N-Y, because it's a lot. Um, and then on Instagram at Stormy, but with three S's. So S-S-S-T. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not good at this thing. Doesn't matter. They'll find you. They'll find you, Stormy. Well, thank you so much. And uh, good luck with the rest of the potential season. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Thanks for coming over to our House of Hockey podcast and hanging out with us. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. Just look for House of Hockey podcast. We'll be back next week.